And that is Every Picture Tells a Story, uh, the title track to the 1971 Rod Stewart album, which is our choice for the uh, cultural toolbox this week. Uh, John Fardy's away, so uh, Colm O'Hare, the journalist with Hot Press, has uh, has joined us. Uh, Colm, interesting choice for the cultural toolbox. Yeah, um, Rod Stewart has had a kind of a mixed kind of critical reception, I suppose, uh, more in later years than, than in those days. I mean, Nick Hornby actually said at the time... Um, that being a Rod Stewart fan in the 70s didn't make you the coolest kid in the class, but it was nothing to be ashamed of. Now, that wouldn't have been the case much, much later. No. When, when he went to America and, you know, the after the Atlantic crossing and uh, started hanging out in Beverly Hills with, uh, you know, more blondes and, and you know, that yeah, sort of stuff. But, uh, and... but back then, he was highly thought of by a lot of people and... Uh, you know, this album was his third solo album. He'd been knocking around for the best part of a decade in all kinds of outfits, uh, working with Long John Baldry and bands called the Hoochie Coochie Men and the Steam Packet and the Shotgun Gun Express. And then he, he, he got a gig with Jeff Beck. He, he was a jobbing vocalist in some ways. Yeah, he was with, he was with the, 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 fa- the new Faces or the Faces well, as well. Well, he just joined the Faces. Yeah, that's the strange thing. This is almost a Faces album. Most of the Faces appear on the album, although for contractual reasons it, it had to be a Rod Stewart solo album. Uh, I mean, they I think it was done between their first and second album. They made four albums in total. I mean, they lasted about five years. So uh, so it was a Rod Stewart, very much his own. Uh, it brought together his own influences, which covered folk and rock and soul. Yeah, and very difficult to define this album. It I mean, is, there, yeah. There's blues in there. There's, uh, there's, there's folk. There's rock. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of everything. There's really, a bit of it? everything. I mean, he started out as a kind of a folky, and he was on these uh, you know, anti-nuclear marches. Then he became a, a mod, and uh, Rod the mod, and then he became kind of a blues guy, and uh, you know, he played a bit of harmonica as well. And uh, he was a bit of an everyman up to then. Didn't have, I suppose, his own definable style, but. You know, the voice then became kind of something unique about... about uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. When you, when you suggested Rod Stewart, my initial reaction was, geez, you know, I, I actually thought Colin was quite a cool guy. Uh, but <laughs> no, I have no, to say... No one ever thought I was a cool guy. Let, let's just nail that one. Uh, but uh, I do like good music. No, but when I looked into it and uh, and listened to it, uh, look, I'm not I'm not sure it's m- exactly my cup of tea, but it's yeah. certainly... It is a it is a fine piece of work as an album. Tell us why why does it work as an album? Do you think, in your view? Oh, I just think it's a great sounding album. I mean, that's the thing about albums in, from those days. Uh, I mean, each studio had a distinctive sound. There are lots of acoustic stuff on it. There are mandolins there. There are fiddles. There's folk and and rock and and a bit of soul. And uh, it has a kind of an atmosphere as well. But you know kind of a devil-may-care attitude. I mean, these guys in the faces, most of them, they were just known as the, the party band. I mean, they'd, they'd hand out bottles of wine to the, the front row before their gigs and they'd party during the gigs. They actually had a bar set up on the stage for their live show. I mean, that's that's absolutely true. You can see it on, on YouTube clips. But uh, And Rod Stewart loved that thing. He was a lad's lad. He loved football. He loved music. He loved women and he loved cars. And, uh, you know, and he had that appeal. And, and I think that comes across on the album with the songs. Although he was a serious uh, muso and he was very good at picking good songs, uh, he he could write a, a little bit, but he was smart enough to know that he wasn't uh, prolific enough to come up. Yeah, because some of the songs uh, yeah. on this album, I suppose most notably uh, one of the songs that's associated with him, uh, closely associated with him, Maggie May, he did write. But what is it? Is it three of the ten songs or something that he he, that he, he wrote? wrote? I think the only one he wrote in in his totality was Mandolin Wind, which is a lovely song, uh, kind of a 
pastoral kind of folky song. Um, yeah, I mean, other songs like the, the other big one on the album is Reason to Believe, which was the original A-side uh, of what became Maggie May. I mean, DJs in America started playing the, the flip side, which was Maggie May. But Reason to Believe, a, a Tim Harden song. Tim Harden was a, U, a US folk singer, and not that well known, but highly regarded. Um, his best known song would be If I Were a Carpenter, covered by a lot of people. And Rod was very good at choosing songs like that. There's a, a fairly obscure Dylan song on the album. Uh, what's it called? Tomorrow um, is a long time. Tomorrow is a long yeah, actually, time. Let's, uh, let's have a listen to this, because I, I, I yeah. think this is a really nice song. not an endless highway If tonight was not a crooked trail If tomorrow wasn't such a long time That lonesome would mean nothing to you at all Ah, but only if my own true love is waiting Yes, and if I could hear a heart softly pounding rest in my bed once again Yeah, that's uh, Tomorrow's a Long Time uh, by Bob Dylan, but uh, there's a very distinctive voice there, Rod Stewart. I, I, I'm not sure about the voice. I know people absolutely <laughs> love it, and like it is distinctive and it's unique, and yeah. it's a good voice. I'm not sure. I listened to that. It's not a very long album, this, but it's only about 40 minutes, but yeah. I, I kind of had enough of his voice by the end of it, I have to say. Yeah, I, I like his voice, but I mean, that's, that's personal taste. Um, yeah, I think he's a very good interpreter of songs, and... Uh, that wasn't that was kind of it's frowned upon now I mean uh, bands today no way would a band bring out an album of uh, you know seven covers and three originals although a lot of them should do I mean because a lot of them have if you think of the average indie album even the good ones they have two or three songs that people will sing along at a festival or whatever and uh, the rest is pretty much filler Rod was smart enough to know that uh, you know it's all in about the song and there's even a version of Amazing Grace on, on this album which is uh, you know, a brave choice and there's another song uh, uh, that's all right. Better known, you know, better associated with Elvis Presley. And I, I imagine a nice temptation song as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm a, losing you. I know I'm losing. That's you. a great, great song. He does a great version of that. Uh, and uh, there's some great. Again, people can check it out on YouTube. There's a, some great BBC clips on from Top of the Pops of, of that version. Now, th- this was a. It was a massive, massive hit back in 1971, it really was, 72. Yeah. And you have to remember, 1971 was a year. When so many classic albums came out, Sticky Fingers, Who's Next, <clears throat> Tapestry, Led Zeppelin Four, Hunky Dory, Johnny Mitchell's Blue, the list is endless. I mean, there's somebody writing a book about it, the, that guy David Hepworth, who used to co-host the, the Old Grey Whistle Test. He reckons 1971 was the year when... The zenith of pop music. It was, yeah, and he makes a very strong case for it. So there was a lot of competition for albums in the... in. in but this was the, number one in the US yep. and in the UK. Yep. And I think... At the same time, Maggie May was number one single. That's right, and it was the first time that had ever happened. So it 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 made him a household name. It made him a huge star, and it it caused tensions within the faces. And you know they struggled along for a few more years, but I mean his solo career, you know, 
dominated the, his whole life after that and then the, the band broke up and he went off to the US and, and the rest is kind of history yeah. and I think that there's a school of opinion that would say that he went downhill I, I was going to say because this album got huge critical acclaim yeah. and even even today it's still you know list of 100 greatest albums of all time this this inevitably will, will feature it was it I mean is it too fair or is it fair to describe this as kind of that this was the last great album he did and there wasn't a lot of great no, stuff No, I don't think so. It. In fact, the, the next album they made was almost a carbon copy of it. It was almost like part two. It was called Never a Dull, a Dull Moment and there was another song called uh, You Wear It Well, which is almost like a part two of Maggie May. Yeah. And he did another uh, great Dylan cover, You've Been On My Mind, and a great version of Jimi Hendrix's Angel. And he went on to make some more records. I would argue that Atlantic Crossing and uh, A Night on the Town and Footloose and Fancy Free all have great songs. I mean, uh, You're In My Heart. I mean, he, he, he had a number one in... I think around seventy six with uh, the first cut is the deepest again another cover but and uh, he he brought songs like um, this old heart of mine an old Isley Brothers song and, and uh, he was very very good at picking songs that suited his oh, own what style. What do you make of this whole songbook thing? I mean, it's kind of mixed views. I didn't on like it. it. I didn't yeah. like that. I don't think his voice suited that. He's not a crooner. Is no, he's he, not a crooner. Kind of they sold in huge numbers for some yeah, strange well, sure. reason. And uh, more recent tours, he's been doing like a half half and half. He'd do the, the crooner thing with the, the suit, with the big band, and then bring on the, the rock and roll yeah. band for the yeah. old set. But I mean, he's he made a lot of money out of it. And he, you know, and a lot of those guys from the, that era got left behind. And, uh, you know, he was a smart guy. And uh, He's almost kind of back in vogue. I saw he was in town for the uh, Ireland-Scotland game uh, yeah. recently. He's a big, big soccer fan. He's a but, huge fan. Uh, Certainly impossible to dislike, isn't he? He's like very, a nice very fella. hard to dislike, and uh, he puts on great shows. I mean, the last time I saw him on the RDS, two thousand and seven, he did two nights in a row, and they were just terrific. It was his whole career, and uh, and just remember, he'd recorded songs like "Dirty Old Town." Uh, on a previous solo album you know it's not, Brave choices It's not yeah. a million miles away from the Pogues version no. and, and maybe Shane McGowan sort of took something from that you know uh, so I think he was, he's more influential than people would like to admit Okay you've um, you've shown him to me in a whole <laughs> new light uh, the album is uh, Every Picture Tells a Story the artist of course is uh, Rod Stewart by the way I love the Art Deco uh, yeah. album cover he was big into 1930 still is, I think. Yeah, there's, but, uh, a great, there's a great BBC Arena a film from 76 where he, he and Britt Eklund are in Paris buying um, Art Deco, you know, Tiffany lamps and all that sort of stuff. So, so despite uh, that hairstyle, <laughs> there is a bit of taste there. Um, Colm O'Hare, journalist with Hot, Hot Press, thanks as ever for, uh, or not, as, sorry, I'll just say that again. Uh, Colm O'Hare, a journalist with Hot Press, thanks uh, for coming into us with that uh, really interesting uh, choice there. Okay, that's our lot for today. Just time for me to thank the production team, Stephen Jordan, who produced, and Aidan McKelvey, who researched. We're going to play out with I suppose it is the best known song on this album Maggie May take it away Rod Stewart have a great Sunday Wake up Maggie I think I got something to say to you It's late September and I really should be back at school I know I keep you amused 